Hey, how are you guys? Welcome to part two of our podcast on marine life. I am the man from Del Monte yet again, and this is my beautiful assistant. Oh, can I be the girl from Del Monte? Oh my God, you can. Yay. Also, I feel like this, this might become an interesting conversation that we have about misgendering ourselves. Oh yeah, we can totally do that. That's fine. So hopefully you were with us last week for week one, I suppose, part one of our discussion on marine life. And I'm going to warn you now, if you liked that, this is going to be rough. Yeah. It's going to get worse from here. It's going to get gross. It's going to get inappropriate, uncomfortable, and we're all just going to have a whale of a time. And my uncle wasn't even in attendance. For once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway guys thanks so much for listening last week uh, you might remember we talked about sharks and here we're going to delve into some of the more interesting things we found it involves the CIA espionage Hustler magazine and uh, LSD LSD there's drugs yeah. involved too um, yeah. enjoy the show guys we'll talk to you next week so the the bones of like what I did with my research this week as well is that I just stumbled across something wonderful Um it and it is kind of when you think things are wonderful. It's not wonderful. It's just that, like, I am incredibly fascinated when I find out that something truly unique has happened in the world, and okay. that also doesn't work because I know that you have something similar to what I'm saying. But I, mine oh. is. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what this is. Yeah, tell the story. I'm excited. So I have it in so many different paragraphs here. So I, in the 1960s, Margaret Lovett was a part of a NASA-funded project to communicate with dolphins. Soon she was living with Peter 24 hours a day in a converted house. Christopher Riley reports on an experiment that went tragically wrong. And first of all, just the expectations there are fantastic because you think there's someone in a room... They're shouting shit at dolphins. They're hoping the dolphins are going to shout back. Where does it go wrong? I want to... Can I interrupt you? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I want to just say... So I actually encountered this, not to the same level, but yeah, I encountered this. I want to talk just for a second about the house. Hang on, hang on. I'll get to the house. Are you I doing think... the house? I felt like you glossed over it, but please go on. Just... No, no, no. I'm, I'm literally just doing an introduction at the moment. Tell our beloved about... listeners about the house. I think that's one <laughs> of the best parts. The one of the many best parts. Well, the thing is, there's kind of two characters you need to know about for this story. So the head is an American neuroscientist named Dr. John Lilly. And he Great kind of name. hoped to commune with, with, with dolphins, uh, nurturing their ability to make human-like sounds through their blowholes. So they weren't like... Eh, talking they were talking out the the blowholes which Mm. i think is amazing because there isn't the muscular thing to do that but they were able to sort of grasp the idea of increasing or decreasing the flow of air a bit like how we're able to go oh with our mouths um it's incredible well no i just think it's so weird because they looked at the muscle knew that it didn't do that and then were able to teach the animals to do that it's incredible um so what happened is they couldn't really believe it was happening. Margaret Lovett is the one who was just basically fascinated with dolphins as a kid, grew up in a house where there was like a marine biology lab in the corner, always went down there to ask questions like a little sort of probably really annoying person when you're a scientist doing I mean, your she work. Sounds I imagine. Darling. She sounds like oh, a she's lovable darling. nerd. She was totally a lovable nerd. Um, <clears throat> and so actually the big obsession on how this all came about was that they kind of were just deciding, let's look into dolphins because they're quite pretty and they seem intelligent. And they x-rayed them and they found like, oh, dolphins have a big brain. And at that mm. time, they saw big brain and were like, oh, 
bigger than my brain. Must be smart. Must be smart. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. So the research basically was going in, making sounds of the dolphin, having them trying to repeat them back, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what the article says here is, but on one occasion in 1957, the research would take a different course, which would change Dr. Lily's and Mary's lives forever. They word this really well. Margaret. Margaret, but Mary also as well. She's oh, sorry, referred to yes. us both. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, now age 97, Margaret still remembers the day very clearly. I came in at the top of the operating theatre and heard John talking and the dolphin would go, wah, 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 like John. And then Alice's assistant would reply in a high tone of voice and the dolphin would imitate her voice. I went down to where they were operating and told them this was going on and they were quite startled. Mary released a book called Man and Dolphin. Really, she could have come up with a better title than that, but fair enough. Where she explains they taught the dolphins to mimic human voices and then got them to speak a certain level of English. And this, I love this sentence. The fact that someone wrote this in a scientific journal is stunning. Mary actually envisioned an aquatic wing of the UN. (laughs) where, Where dolphins could have their say on economic and environmental policy, offering us an enlightening input into world affairs. I'm not having that. Environmental, maybe. I respect them as delegates from the ocean. But economic, I'm not having that. I'm just going to counterpoint there with the fact that, like, let's be fair, overfishing, dumping in the sea, like, that's all economic stuff too because you have to implement policies to stop companies doing them. So it's part of that. Okay. I'm just worried because of The Simpsons. You know, snarky, yeah. speak, man, now. Oh, that's terrifying. I've been thinking about that and also under the sea. <laughs> there'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans all week. Oh, God. Since okay. we had this idea, those two <laughs> Simpsons references have been on a loop in my brain. You know what? We don't need to go into The Simpsons. We'll save that. The Simpsons could be a whole other podcast we could do at some point, And I look oh, forward to it if we ever do it. I feel like it's going to be like a nine hour long special. That's fine. We can do that. We'll do it like in three parts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she wanted that and she caught the eye of someone named Frank Drake. He's an extraterrestrial researcher with NASA. And this helped him secure funding from NASA and government agencies. So she opened a lab in the Caribbean with the aim of nurturing a closer relationship between man and dolphin. Um, obviously, this really wasn't easy, but she reasoned at some point that uh, she was working there six or seven days a week. She only lived 15 days a week. So she thought, oh, everyone's going home and this big brain is sitting there alone all night. Why don't I live with the dolphins? And so she... The house, exactly. So she did just that. They plastered the the whole floor and the upper lab and waterproofed the upper floors entirely. So her plan was to live six days a week in isolation with a dolphin. And she chose a young male dolphin named Peter. But this is the house. It's like the house is there's a giant whole overarching lab of you know, laneways and laboratories and little classrooms and, and lecture theatres and whatever. Yeah. And then downstairs is just water with a couple of walkways for them to get out of the water and into the water. Mm. So it's essentially like you're living above an aquarium. Yeah. It's kind of well, incredible. A dolphin area. <clears throat> dolphin area, exactly. Yeah. Uh, specifically with just one dolphin in it as well. At this point, we should mention a really shit dolphin area. Honestly, the worst <laughs> dolphinarium. Have you ever been to like a public aquarium? There's usually at least two like dolphins, sharks, whatever's big. I things. disappointingly have been been at SeaWorld and oh, dear. I'm just it, I, I was like eleven and we were in Florida and it was there and I have to say Ooh. it was amazing. And now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, that was like three or four years away from the murders. Like it was pretty fucking close, you know? Yeah. Um anyway, to get back to Margaret Lovett. <clears throat> Uh, so by 1965, Lovett's domestic dolphinarium was ready for use, lying in bed, surrounded by water that first night, and listening to the pumps gurgling away. 
Hang on, I don't know this part. Lying in bed surrounded by water, but she's above the water or she's like she's, asleep she's wet? On, she's on like the walkway that's like next to the pool. So she's not so, wet. She doesn't have to sleep in the wet. <clears throat> no, she's obviously dried herself off and got okay, herself that's into great. a little that's fine. Yeah, Carry on. Exactly. She remembers questioning what she was doing. Human people were out there having dinner or whatever and here I am. There's moonlight reflecting on the water. This fin and his bright eye looking at you and I thought, wow, why am I here? But then you get back into it and it never occurred to me not to do it. What I was doing there was trying to find out what Peter was doing there and what we could do together. That was the whole point and nobody had done that. <laughs> Audio recordings of Lovett's progress meticulously archived on quarter inch tapes at the time. That sounds like a joke, to be honest. It, it kind of does, yeah. It's on quarter inch tape. It's like, ah, yeah, we, we, we weren't going to get the half inch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's NASA funded. You know, NASA are notoriously <laughs> poor. <laughs> exactly what they're going for here yeah um so they doggedly document peter's progress with her twice daily lessons and repeatedly encouraging him to greet her with the phrase hello margaret um she remembers that m was very difficult it like it was like hello margaret and it was quite tough for them to do because they couldn't like close the blowhole but mm. they got like hello and i just find that so wouldn't you be that... so weirded out if a dolphin just went like hello Ooh, not a fan well it's, it's better than hello do you think it is I don't think so. Arguably, arguably, if someone went, hello, I'd be like, oh, I'm in a pub in Glasgow. This is fine. <laughs> but if someone comes up to me and is like, hello, I'd be like, oh, crap, there's a child. I'm responsible now. That'd be my I mean, I'm used story. to the latter. If I suddenly found myself being greeted by a stranger in a pub in Glasgow, it would be like waking up in a Kafka novel. I'd be like, what the fuck? How did I get here? You know, it would be terrible. <laughs> It was even weirder if it's a dolphin doing it, is the point. Mm. Um, so what is it? So what else? So Carl Sagan, who's a friend of Frank Drake, the guy that got the funding, we all know who Carl Sagan is, very, very famous, very, yep. very clever man. Um, he paid a visit to report back on progress, and we thought it was important to have the dolphins teach us dolphinese, which is just <laughs> a great sentence to hear from one of the most intelligent men that's ever lived, probably. Um he says, for example, we suggested two dolphins in each tank not be able to see each other and that we should teach one dolphin a procedure to obtain food and then see if it could tell the other dolphin how to do the same thing in its tank. That was the prime experiment done, but Lily never seemed able to do it. Lily, of course, being the head of the lab. Yeah. Uh, Lovett gets a bit more into detail here, uh, which is that Peter liked to be with me. He would rub himself on my knee or my foot or my hand. They developed a very, like, you know, sort of amorous relationship here. They were close. Um, they got to know each other. They lived uh, together. Six days a week in the same tank, virtually. She probably got in for a swim in the middle of the night or whatever. Like, they were totally best pals. I would um, find it surprising if she got in for a swim in the middle of the night. Well, she might have woken up and gone like, oh, I can't sleep. I'll have a wee swim with Peter and then I'll go back to bed. I really thought you were going to leave it at, I'll have a wee. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, he would rub himself on my knee or my foot or my hand, and at first I would put him downstairs with the girls, she says. But transporting Peter down... Oh, sorry, there were two other dolphins downstairs named Sissy and something else. They're not really factoring into the story. Um, they don't really matter. There was t- There's other dolphins, but this is not about that. Sissy and Pamela, they were... Pamela! Yeah. No, it was Sissy and Pamela. named Pamela. Sissy is a dolphin name. Peter is a dolphin name. Why is Peter a dolphin's name and Pamela uh, isn't? I actually don't know, but it seems ridiculous. I think it's because I'm picturing Pamela Anderson, who is definitely not a dolphin. You haven't spent enough time in working class areas. Like, you haven't literally made Pamela. Then you're uh, like, that name is, is no longer Pamela Anderson's anymore. I mean, 
Okay, first of all, people listening, you can't see this, but picture that I'm gesturing to my whole body. I am a working class area, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Your whole body is a working class area. <laughs> this Where working class people area. congregate all the time. <laughs> You don't know my life. You don't know that that's not true. <laughs> I ain't judging your life either. Happy lockdown, by the way, everyone. <laughs> Happy lockdown. Happy lockdown. Um, so what she says is that she used to move them downstairs, but she found that it was kind of interrupting the lessons and they weren't making as much progress as they used to be. Mm. Um, so, and this is the sentence I just love to go into. Faced with his frequent arousals, it just seemed easier for Margaret Lovett to relieve his urges herself manually. And I don't know why they went with manually. Are there dolphin sex toys? I don't know. I mean... Frankly, by the sound of this, there should be. I hate to be the person that says this. But, like, I personally engage in sex acts, but, like, not as a dolphin, as a consenting adult, so that's all good. Some of them are manual. Some of them aren't. I've done digital. I mean, that makes sense. Both literally and figuratively. Automatic was my favourite. Automatic is definitely a preference of mine, just for efficiency. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, makes sense. Um, But not autonomic. Okay, so I think we were on Margaret's wanking the dolphin. Margaret is wanking the dolphin. Well, the thing is, they never specify. They never say wanking. I feel like manual is enough information, isn't it? Yeah, but manual doesn't always mean that. You don't have to be... Oral, I think, is only if it goes in. You could use your... I don't know. It doesn't say... Presumably, wanking the dolphin is what Margaret was doing here. Um, yeah, and I think I have it's a quote pretty from clear Margaret. she's wanking the dolphin. She's wanking yeah. the dolphin. I, also a great name for a punk band. Um, I, have a little, I have a little statement from Margaret here, which is, I allowed that, she says. I wasn't uncomfortable with it. As long as it wasn't rough. It would just become oh. part of what was going on. Like an itch just to get rid of. Scratch it and move on. And that's how it seemed to work out. It wasn't private. People could observe it. What? And I'm like, w- you wouldn't need funding from NASA if you had people who were allowed to observe <laughs> that. You'd charge like a fiver on the way in. You'd have been fine. People that's would queue up. impressively nonchalant. Oh yeah, this is the thing. Is she actually talks about it and... It's interesting. So for Love it was a precious thing, which was always carried out with great respect. Peter was right there and he knew that I was right there. It wasn't sexual on my part, sensuous perhaps, as she said, which it kind of is. You know that you are involved with another being's sexual thoughts, even though yeah. you're not sexually aroused yourself. It, it could be sensuous. It could be described that way. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're starting to be a bit of a uh, dolphin sex apologist at this point. I don't know that I'm apologizing. I think I'm kind of, because the, we'll get to a point later as to why I'm slightly defending Margaret specifically. I'm not defending people who have sex with dolphins, but I'll get to a point to why I'm defending Margaret okay, specifically. Well, as far as I can tell thus far, Margaret is the definition of people who have sex with dolphins. She doesn't have sex. She manually relieves them. That's not sex. It's that's, a sex act. It is a sex act. That's fair. I mean, if that's not sex, <clears throat> then how do lesbians... That's the whole sentence. How, do How lesbians? are lesbians? How lesbians? They're like, fine. I've had lesbian sex and I can tell you, there's no dick. I, I've heard that. I'm yeah. always baffled by it. You I can't know. have sex without one, I'm sure of it. I, I thought it was a rumour, but then I did it and I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, it happens <laughs> and it's, it's fucking great. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard great things. I also like how it doesn't have an end. 
but we'll talk about that later. It's just like, you get a bit, it would lesbian sex, you get a bit fed up, you're like, I'm going to make some tea, do you want a sandwich? And then of you come back. Of course you think that. Well, this is what I've been told by lesbian I mean, mates. This is the problem. Hang on, we're getting off topic, right? We will talk what about... What I'm going to say is, what I'm going to say is, there's a lot yeah. of things that are true about lesbian sex, but you shouldn't say it. Because you're just playing of, of into the hands of the stereotypes. The you know. <laughs> yeah. Lesbian Lesbo corp. corp. I like that, actually. It's quite nice. Got a nice ring to it. Lesbocorp. Lesbocorp. It's going to be the name oh, of my God boutique sex Tangents upon company. tangents, Emma. I mean, Carlotta. Dolphin sex. I'm sorry. You really wanted to describe I want to, to finish my story because it's interesting. have sex with dolphins. Uh, so Peter was right there and he knew that okay. I was right there. She continues. It wasn't sex on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. It seemed to me that it made the, blonde, the bond closer. Um, not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking. And that's really all it was. I was there to get to know Peter and that was part of Peter. I'm not going to apologize for that sentence. She said that very bad. She is 93 when she's saying this, by the way. So she's old. Fair. But also, I hate that that kind of makes sense. Remember that at this point, the dolphin is consenting. I mean, that's important here. I mean, it sounds like the dolphin fucking started it. Yeah. They're like most marriages pre-1947. I mean, yeah. No, I, I'm... <laughs> 1947 is a stretch. I'm just picking it's a leap, but a sorry. stretch. Um, Never been married, have you, my No, darling? thank God. My sex is still fun. <laughs> Innocent as they were, love at yeah. sexual encounters with Peter would unfortunately overshadow <laughs> the whole experiment when a story about them appeared in Hustler magazine in the late 1970s. Um, I'd never even heard of Hustler's says Love It. I think there were two magazine stores in the island at the time, and I went and looked, and I found the story with my name and Peter and a drawing. Um, so this is where I'm sort of like a little bit sorry for her because what it actually became was a bit slut shamey. Oh. Or not slut shamey, but it was very much like a, a a criticism of female sexuality in this, like, oh, look at this freak woman. She's with the dolphins. And I'm like, no, no, this was a scientific study and this was just a way of getting rid of it. And they'd completely diminished like every purpose of the research. Am I apologizing for her? No. Do I think that she was done dirty by Hustler magazine? Yeah. Oh, see, this is very difficult. This yeah, is, it's a great it area. is tricky territory because that's it. I understand her being like, look, I am a scientific researcher. I need to do my scientific research. There is an obstacle to same. And so I am combating that obstacle. I'm just trying not to waste money here. You know, time. And time bear in mind as well, like her whole goal here is that she wants to have um, sea life as like an advocacy in the United Nations, in like governmental operations, Which that's what she's thinking she can accomplish weird, here. But I begrudgingly respect it. But it's a noble it. cause, yeah, all the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. And all of those things, they all seem like really great. Like you said, it's noble and it seems great. But then you just remember that it also involves a lady who bangs dolphins. Doesn't bang. I feel like oh, wank off is far less incriminating. Don't make me talk about lesbians again. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. So I'll, I'll carry on here. This is where the story gets hilarious for me. Before it's like, oh, this is weird, but there's like a two-sided thing and it's sort of like suspenseful. And here, something else began to interrupt the study. John Lilly, you remember him, the uh -huh. head of the laboratory, had been researching the mind-altering powers of the drug LSD. Oh no. <laughs> so he claims, so here's where what's really fantastic as like a nominative, it's not nominative determinism, but it's definitely a determinist type mm -hmm. thing, is the wife of Ivan Tours. Ivan Tours was the producer of the Dolphin movie Flipper. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, like he got Flipper made. Right. He introduced John Tilly to LSD 
And then they started like putting money into getting John to do research LSD, but he was already committed to this dolphin thing um, with Margaret so, Lovett. To be clear, is that how they know each other? Were they like, oh, hey, I heard you're a dolphin guy. I'm a dolphin guy too. Do you no, want no, no, to no, no. His acid? wife, his wife introduced him. It was nothing to do with that. It just his seems wife was a like a mutual friend. That's why it's so amazing that it is a coincidence. Like it just so happened, this guy who to happened to be some friends sort with of dolphin sex conspiracy. This the deep state CIA LSD are influencing by making dolphin movies and introducing marine biologists. Is that what you're suggesting? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Because I couldn't possibly comment on that because I fear for my family. Um. So also involved actually today was Jeff Bridges, who what? was introduced to Lily by his father Lloyd. Lily's, so Jeff Bridges says uh, about John, John um, Lily was above all an explorer of the brain and mind and all those drugs that expand our consciousness. There weren't too many people with his expertise and his scientific background doing the kind of work. Mm. So um, basically in the nice small selection of scientists take John Tilly um, they got licensed to research LSD um, and they started doing it in the, the same lab as the dolphins and actually started giving it to the dolphins which is part of like Jesus. But all it says is started using it on his dolphins in 1964. Oh, so Ned are his dolphins. Well, he's own, he owns the lab. The That's the thing. Market's the head researcher. Yeah. I know. But he says, curious about the effect it would have on them. Not like, we're aiming to do something scientific or accomplish thing. Let's just give it to them <laughs> and, and see some dolphins tripping. That's his plan. Oh, God. That's his plan. That's like when you're outside and you're like smoking a joint and you see your dog and you're like, here, and give him some blowback or something, which I've seen people do too. You just don't, you shouldn't do it. It's it not cool. No, that's not okay by any stretch. For the record, I haven't got a dog. I've never done that. <laughs> so Nor just I. to clarify, that's yeah, important. No. Nor you. Staunchly, exactly. firmly against cruelty to animals, including like giving them drugs and whatnot. And, well, yeah. Especially LSD. Like, I mean, not anyway. Not with people wanking them off, etc. This has been a disclaimer. With Chase and whatever my name is this week. I believe it was Emma Carlotta de Miller, Del Monte. Oh, the man from Del Monte. Exactly. This has been a disclaimer with Chase and the man from Del Monte. So they started giving the dolphins LSD. um, And so what is it, Margaret here? It was his lab, they were his animals, she recalls. And as a young woman in her 20s, she felt powerless to stop and giving it LSD, especially because she'd recently been in the papers for the whole hustler thing and was kind of a bit discredited. I get that. Yeah. Um, so Lil- Lily kept um, experimenting with the drug. Uh, Lovett persevered with Peter's vocalisation lessons and grew steadily closer to him. That relationship of having to be together sort of turned into really enjoying being together and wanting to be together and missing him when he wasn't there. I did have a very close encounter with, I can't even say a dolphin again, with Peter. And that's where it gets weird for me, specifically then. Before in the story, there's ways I can yeah. dance around it and defend yeah, up her. Yeah, until now, now I'm like, it's been a grey area. I think we've established that. And this language, this is really villainizing this woman to me. Yeah. yeah. So by autumn 1966, Lily's interest in the speaking dolphins experiment was dwindling, which for me is hilarious because he's <laughs> tripping balls. Yes! It seems like the perfect time to teach dolphins to talk. He's sitting there off his face with like tripping balls and he's just there like, like, the talking dolphins are a bit boring. Hello. What the fuck? (laughs) This dude is off the rails. Have you ever been so high that you don't want to spend time with a talking dolphin? Because I have not. It depends if they wanted me to whack them off or not. Oh, that's true. Um, (laughs) It's a valid point. It was Um, So in the end... (laughs) 
<laughs> Great. I can't remember a lot of it. I blacked a lot of it out. Um, so what it says here is, by autumn 96, Lily's interest in speaking Dominus experiment was dwindling. It didn't have the zing to it that LSD did at the time. Recalls Lovett of Lily's attitude towards her progress meter. And in the end, the zing won out. Uh, Lovett's new job soon became decommissioning of the lab and she prepared to ship the dolphins away to Lily's other lab in a disused bank building in Miami. Oh. It was a far cry from the relative freedom and comfortable surroundings of Dolphin House. Dolphin House? That was what they called, sorry, that was what they called their lab with uh, the floating desk and the, and the sea below that was that was dolphin house okay in the caribbean sure, i believe no problem so at the miami lab held captive in smaller tanks with little or no sunlight peter oh. quickly deteriorated and after a few weeks love it received news i got that phone call from john Lilly. john called me himself to tell me that peter had committed suicide oh no yeah so, I mean, obviously there was a really strong bond between them. Like, I mean, can I, you define it as love? I don't know. But yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not going to say they were in love and they had like a deep relationship or whatever. But absolutely, yeah, I think, you know, a human can love an animal. An animal can love it. You have cats, right? Yeah, totally. Do you love your cats? Very much so, yeah. I was, I had, one of them nearly got ran over the other day by my car oh. and I literally was like, in, no, it was fine, it escaped. I couldn't see it and I was like, oh God, but I cried at the steering wheel. I think the, I think the phrasing is fascinating where you choose to say the cat nearly got ran over by my car instead of I, Chase Nova, nearly ran over my own cat. <laughs> I was driving, the cat ran in front of me. And I like break as fast as I could, Victim and then I was like, "Oh God, no!" Rhetoric. Oh, you fuck off! That is, fuck off! Listen here, you left wing. <laughs> um. Anyway, the the thing is, right? This is where another little debate comes in: is that like it says that Peter had committed suicide, right? But the thing is, is dolphins they just, don't really commit suicide. They, stop they self they stop breathing. breathing. Yeah. It's like a self euthanasia. Yeah, it's more I so mean, than that. One would so, argue that. Self euthanasia is suicide, and you know that the two are one and the same. But sure. well, it's, well, it's different because they don't have an autonomic uh, nerve response like breathing or like a survival instinct mm. like we do, right? Every breath they take is a conscious choice. Yeah, it's like us they making choose steps. To breathe. Yeah, exactly. Your so, legs don't just start walking while you're chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's like that exactly, but it means that like, say, if we are committing suicide, you have to hang yourself, mm. and your body's going to try and reject that and cough and breathe and sputter. You try and drown, your body will try and float. Yeah. If you okay. Try and cut your wrist, all that. Like you, your body does reject it. Whereas with the dolphin, it kind of went, oh, my surroundings aren't great anymore, and this breathing thing isn't working out for me, and so it just sort of stopped. So you can argue it's suicide. I, I kind I of argue it's a bit objection. more. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to accept... Do we get points? Are we putting points in the podcast? <laughs> I mean, yes, but if if we're going to do that, I'm going to take one off for every dad joke. Oh, that's not fair. It's not fair. That means I've got three and you've got two. <laughs> um, anyway, just to give the story, uh, not a happy ending, but an ending. Oh, God. So he explains the same thing with Dolphins of a Conscious um, he puts so Andy Williamson, who was working in the Miami lab, puts Peter's death down to a broken heart brought on by a separation from Lovett that he didn't understand. Mm. Margaret could rationalize it, but when she left, could Peter? Here's the love of his life gone. So just to give it an end, Margaret Lovett stayed on the island of the Caribbean. She married the photographer who took pictures of the experiment. Um, together they moved back into the Dolphin House, eventually converting it into a family home where they brought up three daughters. Named Pamela, Sissy, and Peter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, just God. brought up three dogs. <laughs> it was a good that. place, you remember. 
There was a good feeling in the building all the time. And that's a nice... I know, I know. And there's many debates we can have about this. Mm. But I think Endgame, I feel like they crossed a line. Absolutely. But 100%. But then I suppose we're also animals. That response to develop that bonding thing kind of happens with us as well. Okay. You know? Right. I understand, you know, I get you like you love your cats. You're not trying to run them over. If it happens, it happens, sure. But you're not trying. I I love my cat quite begrudgingly. I'm not a cat person, but I love him anyway. I loved my uh-huh. dogs when I had dogs. That all makes sense to me. You can Do you want me to run them over for you. Would that be okay? Honestly <laughs> Move no. on, we're gonna get letters. I thought about it. I've decided against it. I love the cat. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get it. You can love a dolphin, for sure. You can be attached. You can bond with a dolphin. I accept all of that. I think that's great. I'm not thrilled that she was wanking the dolphin. I don't think that's a good thing. I certainly don't support it. And I'm not sure that I'd recommend it to others. But how but, do you feel about animals having it done to them for breeding purposes and so on as well? Honestly, not a big fan. It freaks me out. I understand that sometimes it's necessary. And, you know, I I eat meat, so I can't say too much about this. Because I'd be a massive okay. fucking hypocrite. But, mm-hmm. like, oh, I briefly lived on a sheep farm. I also briefly worked on a cow farm. And they're, they're, neither of them are interesting stories, so don't look at me like that. And what I found in both cases is that it just made me so sad. Like, so sad. And the whole thing... Because we get like, to naturally reproduce and they don't, basically. Yeah, like bovine insemination, all of that, all of it, it, it makes me, it bums me out. Okay. Yeah. But also, like additional to that, I feel like when you say for uh-huh. breeding purposes, this wasn't that. Mm. No, but this was in the aid of something. Like the idea of if you inseminate a cow, it's normally to breed calves, which is in, f- in favor of getting more food to people who need it and, incre- and keeping the supply chain going. Um, breeding for the sake of... I mean, breeding happens going back like thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. We did it to get horses and dogs that would protect us and help us okay, do jobs. But we like, didn't I mean, that's achieve stuff. that by wanking horses. Actually, yes, we did. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, on many occasions, really? yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Or even worse is we would basically put two different species that we had in existence and have them mate. Like, that's what we do now for show breeding. That's... True. Yeah. Whereas, mm. like, I mean, for the purposes of this, I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. But like, there are sex acts that I'm uncomfortable with, but I can't begrudge people for doing them. Not that I'm I equating guess, I, this to kink yeah, shaming, no, by I the way. I think that's different because, you know, that's a human from whom you have hopefully, presumably, you know, obtained enthusiastic, verbal, informed consent, which... This dolphin is too much a dolphin and not a person to understand why she's gone. Hang on, are you implying that the fault here is with the dolphin? No, God, no, no, okay, not okay, at all, okay. Not at all. I mean, oh, Grant, okay. We, it has been mentioned by someone, <laughs> by a certain co-host, that the dolphin was, and I quote, gagging for it. I didn't say that. I never said gagging for it. Didn't you? I'm sure you did. No. Okay, what I'm trying to say here, I don't yes. approve of anybody wanking off a dolphin. I really don't. Agreed. I really don't. In Margaret Lovett's case, I can see that it was done in the aid of science. Yeah. I can see that the dolphin definitely had a better life with her. And, you know, mm-hmm. having 
as he said, relative freedom and all the rest of it. Then he went up having, if I may, actually away from her. Yeah, true. If I if I may, is it that actually we can kind of see that the whole dolphin wanking that happened for the sake of the scientific thing, we can kind of say okay, look, it was part of the experiment. I don't agree with it. But she had this big goal and this big vision that she was trying mm. out and unfortunately it didn't work out. Uh, for me, and I think it's the same for you and how you're talking about it, that the line that she crossed was when it became a, a romantic and yeah. not pure. Yeah, when Absolutely. she starts talking about the fact that he was a person to me and can we blame her for that? I don't know. It could be conceivably a mental illness. Like, but also, you know, we're talking into... about, because it is my understanding, please correct me if I'm wrong, it is my understanding that Margaret Lovett didn't have, like, an education in science. She wasn't qualified to do this. Yeah. Um, no, so what I read, might be wrong, but what I read, is that she had no formal education or training in the field. She had an uncanny ability to, let's say, communicate with animals, but, you know. Um, and she just kind of presented herself one day and was like, well, I really like dolphins. What's to be done? And the John Lilly, being, as we know, something of an irresponsible scientist, was like, yeah, grand, have a go at it. I don't give a shit what you do. Well, he was he was specifically a neuroscientist. I know that. Mm. And I, is she called doctor? I feel like she might have been called doctor at some point early on. Are you sure? I can tell you right now. I've got my notes here. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, oh, she's not called doctor. At any he point. is. It's Dr. John Lilly. Yeah, it's Dr. John Lilly. And I guess, what do we call non-doctors? Like peasant Margaret? Layperson Margaret? I don't know. No, they, they, just be, they just be called researchers. They just haven't got their doctor's title. So their, their job title is researcher or head researcher or executive researcher. I don't or think that's even her job title. I genuinely believe that she's just, you know, some nice young woman who showed up and was like, I heard you have dolphins. I'd love to meet them. I'm very good with animals. John Lilly, probably off his tits on acid, let's be fair, was like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's a bit, anything goes. It's the 60s. Have a turn at whatever. Here are the dolphins. The dolphins. To be fair, whatever. this was 1957 when this happened. Oh. So it is slightly before the... This is before the acid research. The acid research came after like ooh, six years of this. Um, but one thing I did want to say is that I know for a fact that I can sort of defend this and we cannot. And it is kind of a grey area. Mm. But by the end, I'm like, interspecies relationships are bad. I think we both agree on that one. Absolutely. 100%. <clears throat> Completely. And with that, now, I know that you're about to tell I, me something horrific. Yes, for sure. Without yes. a doubt, I am. You know that look in my eye, don't you? Um, well, I can tell. So this is the thing. Yeah, I can defend Margaret. I can. I can kind of begin to see her side. Don't think I'm ever going to yep. get all the way there. Someone I cannot True. defend. Will not defend. There is no defense. One indefensible person is a Mr. Hang on, it wasn't me. It's usually you, but in this case, no. Oh, fuck. Yay. Is a Mr. Certainly not Dr. Malcolm Brenner. Even his name sounds bad. I know. Wanted Malcolm Brenner Malcolm for castle rustling. Brenner. Terrible name. Yeah, no. He's done bad things. Malcolm Brenner was working at, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to love this, SeaWorld, Florida. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1971. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of his workday involved one Dolly, the dolphin. That's a terrible name for a dolphin. Terrible name for a man. Terrible name for a dolphin. Terrible location for a captive aquatic mammal theme park. To be, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Even though we have established that dolphins are assholes, they still don't deserve SeaWorld. Absolutely. Nothing deserves SeaWorld. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Malcolm Brenner, 
not in the name of science, can't overstate this, did nothing in the name of science. What he did was shag a dolphin. Not going to mince words here. That's what he did. As far as I understand, that's what he set out to do. That was his whole, his whole story arc is that he worked at SeaWorld. He was working with Dolly. He was a SeaWorld at SeaWorld is what he was. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, He worked at SeaWorld. He met Dolly the Dolphin. And in his own words... They didn't meet. Hang on, I hate that. (laughs) They met. There wasn't a handshake. It wasn't like, hello. They were... Hello. Actually, to be... God. (coughs) Ew. I think they were introduced. I believe that that actually is how it works. That, you know, you you bring in a new trainer or handler or whatever you want to call this guy. And, you know, they are gradually introduced to... The creatures and you know, I I think they met. Anyway, so he began working with Dolly the dolphin, and he noticed that she was <clears throat> that she was flirting with him. No, she wasn't. Malcolm. Oh no, she might have been. I mean, she could have. No, been. no, hang on, hang on. Like, they, no, we we we've established that Peter could do it. That could very well mean that Dolly could do it. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. Girls I just don't want to have fins. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well done. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, maybe she was. I don't know. It's probably not really for me to say. What I know is <clears> that <throat> the thing that happened next is Malcolm found himself increasingly curious and attracted to Dolly the Dolphin. So he waited. Mm. On, yeah. He waited are like the worst two words in the English language. He waited until... The park was closed uh-huh. and Dolly's tank partner had been taken away for the day, I think to a vet or a biologist or something. I'm, I'm not fully clear on the details, but, you know, he was gone. The other Basically, dolphin was gone. Basically, this was fucking, this was, this, was, this was fucking premeditated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was his moment. And he knew. He was like, this is my moment. I'm finally, I get to be alone with my lady love. Um, yeah, so he did. He, he went ahead and he shagged the dolphin. And, oh, hang on, hang on. Just can I just ask because I I cannot believe I'm about to ask this. Where did he shag the dolphin? In the dolphin's vagina. Okay, cool. Because like, or did you mean like in the tank at SeaWorld? Did I answer that? No, no, wrong? no. I, <laughs> no, was my it main thing manual? is that <laughs> no. It could have been automatic. You know these things. Semi-automatic, happen. I think. As long as there wasn't any kind of transmission. Um, the part that had me particularly terrified when you said it was that this guy obviously is not all there. Couldn't He's immediately be. gone up and he goes, the dolphin's flirting with me. I better I better give it what it wants. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not right. Mm. So my thing is that if logistically, if a disturbed person is going to fuck a dolphin, he probably doesn't know where a dolphin's anatomy is. He might just go for the blowhole. I- that was my first thought when you said it to me. I was like, did he just... He works at SeaWorld. Like, he's a dolphin trainer. Handler. I just watched Blackfish today. That doesn't mean they know shit. <laughs> I mean, like, fuck SeaWorld. Just... Fuck completely SeaWorld. Completely fuck SeaWorld. Fuck SeaWorld. Fuck SeaWorld. But... So, yeah. So, in 1971, Malcolm Brenner, a trainer handler of the dolphins at SeaWorld began shagging the dolphin. Her name was Dolly. Um, and thus began, and this is the part that... Did she agree to be named in the in the press? 
she's dead. So I think it's a freedom of information thing. Oh, that's yeah. fine. Okay, cool. Don't worry. Just she's going to die sure. in the story. You don't have to wonder. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. They killed her. <laughs> don't worry. The dolphin <laughs> dies in the story. That's, I promise. I swear that's going to happen. Like saying, that's like saying, don't worry. They shoot the dog in John Wick. Wait, they shoot the dog in John Wick? There's a dog in John Wick? The whole plot of John Wick is that John Wick's dog is killed by mobsters and he goes on a rampage. Oh, okay. It's I Am Legend starring Keanu Reeves. No, I Am Legend, like the the apex of the film is when the dog dies. The dog was like the last remnant of his dead wife who had cancer and they got like a puppy together. You know what? You know what? It's not Dolly the dog. It's not a dogfish. It's, you know, it's none of those things. This began a six month long romantic and sexual relationship oh god even just saying it i said it i'm not glad i said it i'm not glad i phrased it that way but these are his words malcolm brenner considers this a romantic and sexual relationship now interestingly can i just very quickly very very quickly remotionic and sexual remotionic i like sexual sexual i might just bleep it that's fair that's fair carry on yeah um, how do I know that Malcolm Brenner feels this way? How do I know so much about Malcolm Brenner's thought process and his, you know, general opinion on his relationship with Dolly the Dolphin? Because he wrote a fucking book about it. <laughs> he wrote a whole fucking book about those six months when he was shagging a dolphin. Now, go he ahead and ask me the book. title. Ask me the title. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh... Dabbling with Dolly? I would prefer that. Hang on, I'm going to have to get close to the mic and do my making love voice again. It's called... Wet Goddess. (sighs) Wet Goddess. In fairness, though, that means that... Okay, this is one thing we can gleam as humour from this. Unless there was a dolphin on the cover, even though that would have been fine too... The majority of people that read this probably bought it thinking it was like a trashy romance novel or like a pornographic novel. And they got home and they were like, what the What is happening? This is the worst porn. I am not proud of my boner. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be really funny if like 50 pages in, he's like, oh, by the way, Dolly was a dolphin. I would fucking sue. (laughs) I I would go American. This this was published. Was this published? Oh, yeah. Like you can you can buy it. Funnily enough, I... One of my best friends operates a small bookshop and I text her (laughs) and I was like, hey, do you have Wet Goddess by Malcolm Brenner? And she was like, "Uh, I don't know. I can check. And I was like, it was published in Uh 2011. And she was like, okay, that helps. Yeah, sure. And then she texts me back a few hours later and she's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Why did you ask me that? And I was like, I, it's, it, it's for research. And she was like, what the fuck are you researching? What are you doing? I know what that book is, Emma. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked. And she's like, no, I don't. You say you're doing a podcast. You say, you say you're doing a podcast, but actually you're like, I want to make a superhero. <laughs> I, villain, I want Dolphin super Boy. Super villain. No, no. <laughs> oh, that's too easy. Superheroes don't shag dolphins. Those are the villains. No, but no, but you're just looking into the sort of genetics of it of how you could get the superpowers. What about Aquaman? 
I love okay you guys missed that but Emma's husband Kean just across the room just goes what about Aquaman <laughs> that's why very I'm valid married. point <laughs> you know what because he, he talks to fish no because he knows who Aquaman is that was my entire Everyone. my entire list of criteria knows Aquaman and that was before you guys got married before Aquaman was hot like you guys oh, got married when yeah. Aquaman was like the blonde guy in the cartoon that rode a seahorse yep. imagine the turbulence we faced when Aquaman got hot I mean it was a test and a trial and I'm proud to say we made it through Moving on. Hang on, yes. Can we get back to Malcolm, please? So Malcolm Brenner said of your lass, Margaret Lovett, when she, in her 90s, finally spoke out about her experience with Peter Dolphin, Malcolm Brenner responded and said, I wish she had spoken out about it a long time ago. I have found her reaction a bit sad. I don't think there's any shame in it. I'm going to I'm going to proceed with another Malcolm Brenner quote really quickly. Just uh-huh. in case you were starting to warm to the guy. There's something quite transcendental about making love, sorry, making love. <sighs> Thank you. With a dolphin. The dolphin is very aware. The dolphin is very aware and is an intelligent and creative creature. Mm. Yeah, we're crossing lines here. You're starting to make me uncomfortable. Is there a fun ending where this guy gets, like, murdered? So, that's what he had to say about it 40 years later. At the time, I think the whole thing was a bit hush-hush. So, after six months of a relationship with Dolly the Dolphin, Malcolm Brenner was, unfortunately for him, found out. It was discovered by his employers at SeaWorld that he was banging the dolphin he was shagging her and so she was she was moved away to a different sea world i think i'm gonna say to a different sea world and again the same thing she died within weeks of being separated i don't know this for a fact this information was not available to me i tried to find it and i couldn't but malcolm brenner himself maintains that her death was by suicide And that, again, she was, you know, it was a broken heart. She didn't want to be separated from her human lover, so she voluntarily stopped breathing. Oh, she was definitely, like, set up to be suicidal. This was was a hatchet job. I think it's an Epstein situation. I think Dolly Dolphin knew too much. Well, this is the thing, is that, like, because we've now established that they're not autonomic breathers, it's really easy to fake a dolphin death, because if you suffocate them, they just assume, oh, they did it themselves. I love that we have established that. <laughs> we have, together, like the- in this podcast. <laughs> um, have you got any last points on Malcolm, or is that it? Because like, I'm, I'm just thoroughly destroyed. I'm sorry, destroyed. did you want to hear more? No, Are no, you- no, I was just asking if you had any, and then I was going to tell you, don't oh, say actually, shit. sorry, no, I do. <laughs> don't say I shit. I forgot Go my on. favourite Malcolm Brenner quote, which is very short, very simple. I think it's perfectly natural. <sighs> yeah. That's that's what he said about bestiality. On that absolutely horrific, spine-tingling and, frankly, meaning-of-life-questioning revelation, mm-hmm. I'm going to call an end to this episode of Pontification. Um, Good call. I've been Chase Nova, and I believe you have some words to take us out with, Emma. 
I'm actually sorry to see this one end, to be honest. And I do. I feel like we've all actually had fun this week. I think this was a good one. You had fun. Yeah. And I think in the age of COVID and Trump, we need this. We need the fantasy of being able to fuck off to the bottom of the ocean. Where we will, we don't have to worry about forest fires. Salt is so plentiful that we can have chips for every meal. And that's the dream. We already know there's a great <laughs> variety of creatures down there to, oh, okay, probably eat. But still, we can do that. We have that power. And I know. I know what you're thinking. You're all thinking it. You don't want to colonize the ocean. And that's fair enough. I get that. You don't want to miss out on the human experience. You already know how to live on land. You might have heard bad things about colonization. I don't know. But hear me out. Let's go for it, right? We'll be like white people in America, or white people in Africa, or white people in Asia, or white people in Australia. It's a tradition. (laughs) And you know, we can go there. We can build our own cities on the seafloor. We'll build huge factories. We can pick out a nice spot for everyone's favourite fascist dictator to oppress people in peace at the bottom of the ocean, where he belongs. Hell, we could create brand new groups to marginalise, you know. Humans who've been modified with gills are not allowed to marry the normies. Mermaids can't eat in this restaurant, that kind of thing. Like, we'll have all the comforts of home. And then we'll establish underwater Catholicism, just in case anyone is worried that the merbabies' childhoods will be too good down there. Or, you know, could go the golden calf route. It would be a golden whale calf, but that works. Poseidon is a good option. Look, it doesn't have to be too sophisticated. It just has to be a system based on guilt and shame for the merbabies. And sure, yeah, there's going to be underwater activists. There's going to be pesky ecotypes who think it's wrong to burn down the kelp forests. Who think the toilets should flush into water treatment plants instead of everyone just weeing as they walk and pretending it hasn't happened. But you know what? If we ruin the ocean, we can just colonise Mars. It's a tradition. (laughs) But there is one thing that I want to impress upon you. If I can leave you with one final thought for this week... No matter how amazing we get at polluting the ocean from the inside, or how long we live there, and no matter how flirty they start to get with us, it is not okay to have sex with the dolphins. Dolphins. I had to join in on that one. Thank you very much. You're very I've been Chase Nova. Who were you this week? The man from Del Monte. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. The man from Del Monte. Good night. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Be safe.